Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. pray once again. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these who are here. I thank you for these moms um, that have come here on this day that this country and maybe others around have set aside to honor motherhood and to honor those who lay down their lives every day so that the next generation can grow up and be nurtured and take their place. God, I thank you even for those who are not mothers, whether they are men and for them it's impossible, or even other women for who it hasn't been possible yet. Lord, I pray that um, everyone who is in this place today will take something from this message in order to be more content and in order to support the mothers around them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So we're coming from Philippians 4, 4 through 14. So I'm going to read through that quickly. Um, and if you would like to read with me, um, you can open your Bibles up to Philippians 4, starting with the fourth verse. And I'll give you some time to get there. Again, we're talking about the satisfied mama. Now, Paul is not a mother. This is for the Apostle Paul in his letter to the, the um, church at Philippi. Um, he's not a mom, but these are some things that, like I said before, that we can um, appropriate as mothers. Um, these are good for everybody. So verse four says this, be always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Again, I'm reading from the uh, New Living Translation for this passage. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Verse six. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse eight. And now, brothers, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Verse 11. Not that I was ever in need, for I have now learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. So why did I read all of that? You know, we look at Philippians 4 in chunks. And we all know Philippians 4 through 6 and then 7 and 8. And, you know, be anxious for nothing is what the translation we know. This translation that I was reading, again, it's the New Living Translation, says don't worry about anything. And I like this translation because it's just really plain. You, I mean, just reading that, we can just close the book. That's the sermon right there. 
you know, be full of the Lord, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are gracious. Some translations said this translation says be considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And then you'll have the peace that passes all understanding. Right. But what sometimes I think the disconnect comes in because we forget that Paul is saying is saying all of this before he gets into. I have learned how to be content in everything. So really the secret that he talks about in verse 12 really happens above those those verses before where he talks about pray all the time. That's the secret. That's where he get, that's where he gets his contentment from praying, from thinking on good things, from the peace of God that passes his understanding. Because I'm going to tell you, if he had peace in a present prison, waist high or chest high in dung, human waste. Yeah, he learned a secret. <laughs> How can you be content when you have poo poo all around you? OK, you're swimming in it. OK. The fact of the matter was he had been, if, if we're just talking about it, because he was talking about the church being concerned for him, you know, and PD has taught about this over and over, but I just want to put it in context for you. <coughs> Excuse me. There had been a, a lapse in financial um, support for Paul, and Epaphroditus was trying to work and do it all, and he almost worked himself to death. So not only did Paul not have what he needed in the natural but his good friend almost died trying to make a way for him. So he was he 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 said, but even though I've been hungry, basically, I'm content because I've learned the secret because he prays and he doesn't worry about anything. So that's the connection I want you to make with these two separate sections of Philippians that we don't often read together. That's why I purposely put them together. Verses four through 14, because we can do everything in Christ who strengthens us. But where's that strength coming from? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Where's that joy coming from? Prayer, supplication. Where's that? Where's that joy coming from? The peace that passes all understanding, because I understand that I'm waist high in dung. I'm not, but I'm speaking, you know, as of Paul. But I've learned a secret. I'm content even in this crap, even in this poopy situation, even in the face of certain danger. It wasn't just that he was in a sewer. OK. In, at, at the bottom of that prison, but he was in that prison because he was facing certain death. He was facing certain death at the time. So facing certain death in the most impossible and the most disgusting of situations, this man found contentment. So I'm bringing all that up and then we're talking about motherhood. <laughs> so we're not waist high in dung, but we do get waist high in poopy diapers, wet diapers. Dirty wipes, you know, all of this thing, baby dishes, all these things that are happening. But nevertheless, motherhood is a high call. But yes, it's a high call. It's a joy. It's a privilege. It's an honor. But it is exhausting. Mothering is exhausting if you're doing it right. So don't think you're doing nothing wrong, doing anything wrong. Excuse me. It's hard and it's exhausting, but it is possible to be content. And totally satisfied as a mother. Now, I'm talking about being exhausting, but that's because I'm in the early years. I have a six-year-old and a seven-month-old. 
Okay, so I'm getting to that place just like Monica was talking about where Destin is pretty independent now. He can feed himself. Listen, if we don't get it to him fast enough, he knows how to put that cereal in that bowl and get his milk, push push my almond milk to the side and get his other milk because I still can't get him on almond milk. I'm going to keep trying. Um, but he knows how to take care of himself. But then I have one who is totally dependent on me for everything, including food. And I'm the source for a lot of it. So I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying, I'm stating what we've already said. And thank you so much, Monica, for letting it be okay to say that it's hard. Because I don't think people want to face that. It is difficult. But then there is the contentment, the peace that passes the understanding of the hardship we face taking care of little ones. So what is contentment? PD gave these definitions. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I think, honey, one writer that he's been reading gave this definition. The contentment is the inward, gracious, quiet spirit that joyfully rests in God's providence. That's a mouthful, but it, it, it's poetic and it's beautiful. Um, then you have the dictionary definition of contentment, a feeling of happiness or satisfaction. And I, and I almost have to finish each of these with even waist high in human waste because it just it still blows my mind that Paul, that that secret was just enough to sustain him in that type of situation. But a feeling of happiness or satisfaction, content as an adjective, happy and satisfied with something you have, willing to do something and the verb to accept and be satisfied with something and not try to have or do something better. As a woman, we struggle with that, don't we? Sharon says she's OCD. I have I had those tendencies. You wouldn't know it, but I had those tendencies. I want things to be right. And I am tempted to be not only less than satisfi satisfied, but sometimes devastated if things aren't a certain way, if things don't turn out a certain way, if things don't look a certain way, if my children don't look a certain way, when I don't look a certain way when I leave the house. 99% of the time, I am not pleased. And then I have to arrest myself and shake myself and say, Courtney, you better stop and be satisfied. Girl, at least you got some hair. Some people struggling to grow some. Brian, PD, amen. But it's happening. It's coming back. It's coming back. You know, and look, I, I mean to put y'all on blast. I love my husband. I honor my husband. He's the head of my household. Amen. 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 <coughs> but I have to remind myself to be grateful. And I get to that place of contentment. So those are the definitions. And in the Greek, sufficient for oneself, strong enough or processing enough to need no aid or support, independent of external circumstances, contented with one's lot, with one's means. So I have another definition. It's not really a definition. It's really another way to think about contentment. And I think that as mothers, this will really resonate with us. Think about your baby. Before there are words, a baby will usually let you know when they're content, right? Right? So baby, usually babies are content when their basic needs are met, right? Um, and it's pretty much the same now with Declan as it was with Destin. But a baby is usually content if they're fed, if they're dry, if they're comfortable and comforted. So I'm going to say that again. When they're fed, when they're dry, I'm going to add clean in there. I didn't put that in my notes. Clean, comfortable, and comforted. Hungry or too full or gassy and a baby will cry. Just right, well nourished, they're good to go. Wet or poopy diaper and they will be uncomfortable and they will whimper. They'll let you know. Too hot or too cold in temperature and a baby will let you know all is well. Not enough snuggle time and a baby is whining because they want mama 
They want daddy. I'm just of the opinion that you can never show a baby enough love. So I'm like you, Sharon. Um, hugs and snuggles are abundant in our house. You know, um, I don't believe you can spoil a baby up to a certain age. You just can't. You just got to show that baby love. Um, I remember one of the first times I went to the gym after I had Declan. I ain't been going to the gym much lately, but I did start out doing it right before life got too busy. And I'm going back. But when I first started going to the gym after I had Declan, I couldn't really enjoy the workout because I was concerned that they were going to call and come get me. Because you see, before they told us about his food allergies, um, I was still eating the wrong things that were causing him discomfort whenever um, I nursed him. So I, at the time, we didn't know what was happening, but he was always kind of just whiny. And I was like, man, I'm not going to be able to stay in here and take this Zumba class because they're going to call me and say, hey, baby, right, it's crying. You need to come get the baby. But I was able to work out and even hang out a little bit before going back to the nursery. And he was fine. And the girl told me he didn't cry at all. He just wanted some snuggle time. And that boy was so content, y'all, to the point that I made up my mind that my baby is not going to have that face laying on no other woman's breast but mine, okay? He was just like, and super content, super content. But it was amazing, as uncomfortable as he was at that time, because he had itchy eczema all over his body. His skin was flaky. He had, like, I, I lied to you not, right? Mom can attest to it. He had a thick crust of cradle cap on his scalp that I couldn't figure out how to get rid of and I was putting all kind of stuff on it again this, but the food allergies once once I changed my diet and once we changed his formula all that stuff fell away but at the time he was always uncomfortable but he was still content with everything he was going through in his little body in the arms of a stranger now come on now somebody's making a connection that intimacy, that connection, that feeling of security is important for a baby. And mamas, it's important for us too. It's important for us too. PD told us last week, adults are big children. Or a couple of weeks ago, maybe in the first sermon, because I was listening to all of them this week. <laughs> adults are big children, and we are. Some of the same characteristics. I remember when I had Destin, and he used to hold his little hands a certain way when he would eat. And it was so cute. And to this day, he still holds his hands like that when he's doing stuff. He'd be like, uh, and I'm just like, you've had that, that gesture since you were a little baby, since you were right out the womb. And we are who we are. God formed us. Now we grow and we mature and we change, but we are who we are. Even before the womb, the Lord knew us, right? But adults are big children. And children are little adults. All in all, we're still people. And we're in need of love and intimacy. PD also reminded us that daily habits determine our future and the importance of devotion. Now, how many people have been working on the devotion piece since last week's message? Trying to fit that in, trying to craft something that works for you. Amen. And that's great. That's great. We all, let's continue to do that. If you didn't start this week, let's try to really, if you don't already have a defined devotion period in your day, let's find that. Because no matter what we face, contentment is available to us when we seek God's face, when we praise him continually, read, pray, and sing to him every day. It's as simple as that. You don't think that, 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 that you'll get that refreshing from that, but it's really just that simple. So I believe that was Paul's secret, and we can follow his example. Because just like that little baby content in the arms of a stranger, I can't tell you her name. I can't even remember what she looked like. I just remember how my child looked. Because his needs were being met, even in the midst of his discomfort, even in the midst of him not feeling well. He was content 
lying in the arms and in that intimate hole because he knew he was safe and secure. So I believe that was Paul's secret. I'm going to get to that. Paul instructed us to rejoice. As I was saying, as I keep saying, he was in human waste in the bottom of a jail in either Rome or, Caes or Caesarea around 62 AD, give or take a few years. I don't want to be in the bottom of a jail now. Okay. So I can only imagine what that was like 2000 years ago. No running water. You know, it was just, it, we got to really picture these things sometimes. So I think it helps us to understand better what the passage is trying to get to. It was not a nice place. There weren't, there was no electricity. So from sundown to sunup, you chilling in the waste in the dark. And he's, at this point, probably it's, he's less guarded and able to dictate by candlelight. You know, like, it was not convenient. It was not comfortable. It was disgusting. It was hard. But I want to be transparent again that I, and, and say this. And the, I, don't, I know that I'm in a judgment-free zone. The mamas understand. The fathers, if you don't understand, you, 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 you will. Single people, folks without children, y'all probably have no clue. But I do know what it's feel, it feels like to be trapped. I don't know what it feels like to be a prisoner. Well, I did spend that night in jail in Charlotte. That's another story. <laughs> That's another story. My mother bailed me out. It, it, was, it was a case of driving while black in a very rich neighborhood. Okay. And of course, my tags were not right. No, I wasn't doing anything. Well, I was doing, I, I was, okay, anyway. Like I said, it's another story, another time, another place. But I just wanted to make sure people knew it wasn't something else because somebody back there thought I was doing something else. Okay. But anyway, I do know what it's like to feel trapped. In those moments when I'm tempted to complain and not be satisfied being a mom, especially in these early years, I do feel confined. I'm up to my neck and all of the stuff, the gear and the baby, everything needs to go in the baby, all this stuff to take care of the baby. Up and down all day and night, trying to feed and pump, unable to go anywhere really or do anything for long periods of time because of this commitment I've made to breastfeeding. Tired but still having to get up and go and do everything because my boys are dependent on me. Just yesterday, I crashed. I told PD, I'm going to go lie down for 30 minutes, and then I'll be back. And six hours later, because he let me sleep. He let me sleep. I was mad at him, but he let me sleep. Yeah, give it up. He let me sleep. And he was daddy daycare yesterday, but I was like, I got stuff to do. Still ungrateful. <laughs> I, was still, I woke up ungrateful. I was like, why you let me sleep like that? I got stuff to do. I said, I got to call. I got to call. I got to email Monica and Sharon. I said, I'm behind you. Boy, I can't sleep like this. But when, you, when, when you're tired, you're tired. There are times when complaining can seem not only necessary, but therapeutic. But I warn you, don't give in. Because complaining is not like a visit to the gym. It really doesn't provide a release. You think it will, but you start and you get started and you keep going. And when you're done, you don't feel refreshed. And the real trap is the more you complain, the more you complain. The more you complain, the more you complain. And so you stay locked up in a practice that is not fulfilling or replenishing you. And yet you're stuck doing it anyway. So complaining does not satisfy. 
complaining is not going to satisfy you. I take my cues from the lesson that baby Declan taught me wrapped in the arms of a temporary caregiver that he didn't even know. It's Christ who strengthens me. And the, the key to Philippians 4, 12 and 13 is verses four through nine. Mamas, we are facing life each day. We care for our little ones. We're taking care of the future. We need strength and we have a storehouse to pull from if we just knock on the door. We have to spend time in arms of the Savior. We have to spend time in the arms of the Savior. We have to spend time at his feet. To know him is to love him. We don't know him if we don't love on him. We don't know him if we don't spend time with him. It's impossible to build a relationship with someone you don't know. Try it. It's impossible. To spend time with him is the key to our contentment. So let's go to Luke 10, verse 38. Luke 10, 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But, Mary, but Martha, excuse me, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And I come on out. That's in my prayers a lot. Tell him to help. Oh. Tell her to tell. Okay. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. And one time he said, Courtney, Courtney, I'd lie to you not because I was praying a prayer just like this. The Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. Is this just me sometimes or is somebody else relating to this? You are worried and upset about many things. Verse 42, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Do you want to be satisfied? Satisfaction is as simple as a choice. It's a decision. I'm not going to even mention that man's name, but because I, I heard it right there. But satisfaction is a choice. OK, that is a choice. It's a decision. Y'all were so gracious and abundantly blessed enough to send us to see Hamilton a couple of weeks ago. And I'm not going to I don't want to be a spoiler because I know some folks are going to see it again soon or going to see it for the first time soon. But I already knew the soundtrack. And one of the songs that they sing is set up is called Satisfied. And so Angelica Schuyler, who's a historical figure and also one of the characters. And I promise you, this is this is not a, a spoiler, but she sings, you know, that she hopes that the bride and groom will be satisfied. But then she goes around and says, I'll never be satisfied. Sometimes your satisfaction is as simple as your confession. She going around, I'll never be satisfied. Well, they're singing it in the cast, you know. <laughs> I'll never be satisfied. She was never satisfied. And I was sitting there and I was trying not to be deep because I was on Broadway with my boo with no kids trying to enjoy myself. And here come the Lord speaking to me. Yeah, she got that because she was she wasn't satisfied because she said it. It's like, oh man, come on. I'll never be satisfied, you Lord. I'll never be satisfied. Well, I'm not going to sing that. I'm not going to confess that over my life. But she said she'll never be satisfied. It's a choice. It's 
if, if we're going to be satisfied with Christ, if we're going to be satisfied with what he's given us and, and, and concentrate on those things that are praiseworthy and not concentrate on the things that are hard and all of that, because he already knows all of that. Satisfaction is attainable, but it's a choice and it's as simple as your confession. So what are the characteristics of a satisfied mama? A satisfied mama is, number one, a satisfied soul, or she has a satisfied soul. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. I'm going to read those for you. If you have time, you can go there, but I'll read it for you. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary beholding your power and glory because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name I will lift up my hands. She's a worshiper too. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help. And in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. The satisfied mama is a satisfied soul. Her, verse five says, my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. See, I know something about that because I tend to be somewhat of a comfort eater. I like chips. I like macaroni and cheese. And I could not even supposed to be eating cheese right now. Yesterday I had a bowl of ramen. I can understand about being satisfied with fat and rich food. But. So when verse five says, my soul will be satisfied. In other words, you mean to tell me, Lord, spending time with you and praising you and worshiping you is going to do me better than that bowl of mac and cheese. That's the best diet I've heard of. That's enough. So I, I've, I'm able to not really emotionally eat anymore because I think about that. And there's even a whole diet plan that somebody made up around that, like replacing food with scriptures and all that. I can't really relate to that as much. Because I don't know how you go go and I understand for some people, <coughs> it's enough to just open the Bible and stuff. But I need the whole thing. I need to be able to read and sing. And when I can do all of that and have a whole like devotion time. Yes, that will replace a meal for me. I, I, that will work for me. That was a tangent. I'm sorry. It's not my note. But my soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food. And my mouth will praise you with joyful lips. Satisfied soul. A satisfied mama has a satisfied soul. Her contentment is that time, that devotion time with the Savior. A satisfied soul, whether you're a mama or a papa or, you know, neither one. If you want to be satisfied, spend some time with the Lord. Psalm 107, 9 says this, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he feels with good things. That's Psalm 107, verse 9. Psalm 103 one through five puts it this way. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Y'all recognize that one. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his, say it out, his, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your, who redeems your life from the, yeah, or pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, <laughs> who satisfies you with good, uh-oh, there's that word, who satisfies you with good so that your youth 
is renewed like the eagles. When your youth is renewed like the eagle, the eagle flies higher. The, the eagle is on another level. It's, it's, it's on another level than any other bird, right? So your strength is renewed like the eagles. So the satisfied mama is a satisfied soul. She gets her soul satisfaction from the Lord. Only he can satisfy. Amen. And she lets him satisfy her. Okay. The satisfied mama hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Matthew 5 verse 6. Matthew 5 verse 6 from the Amplified Bible reads this way. Blessed, joyful, nourished by God's goodness are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those who actively seek right standing with God. For they will be completely satisfied. You want to be completely satisfied? That is a, that, to me, that, that is a guarantee. This is the Lord saying, the Lord Jesus saying this on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. This verse from the Amplified Version says they will be completely satisfied. You want to be completely satisfied? You want to be joyful and nourished by God's goodness? Hunger and thirst for righteousness. And you will be satisfied. You have the word on that. Three, the satisfied mama may get tired, but goes to God for her refill. Jeremiah 31 verse 25. Jeremiah 31 verse 25 says this. For I will satisfy the weary soul and every languishing soul I will replenish. If you want to be replenished, go to God. He will refill you. He will refresh you. Okay, he you can get your Psalm 23 on and you can lay beside the quiet waters in the quiet stream. You can even do it at the spa. That's how I suggest you do it. <laughs> you can lie beside the quiet waters in the presence of the Lord, but you can also do that at the spa. And ain't nobody bother. Amen. But look, go get refreshed in the presence of the Lord, wherever you are. So the satisfied mama rejoices and resists the temptation to complain is gracious and considerate, doesn't worry. She prays instead. Then she takes refuge in the peace of God. The satisfied mama lives in Christ Jesus and the satisfied mama thinks the right way. So we're gonna go through these scriptures one more time. Rejoice and resist the temptation to complain. That's straight from verse four, Philippians four. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. So if you're, if you're rejoicing, then you can't complain. So rejoice. Be gracious and considerate. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. One translation says, be gracious or let your graciousness be seen. Why? So is this about being seen by other people? No. This is about the fact that, that it needs to start in the inside and it needs to come out of you. It's putting a demand on the inside of you, not on the outside of you. In other words, be gracious and let people see it. In other words, if you are gracious, other people can see it. Monica said it so nicely in her sermonette. You know, sometimes women don't know how to be there for each other. And it's not, I think for some women, it's not that we don't want to, is we don't make the time to, we're not intentional. So be intentional, be gracious. Yeah, you're going through something, but pick up the phone and text somebody. Hey, how you doing? Hey, how are you today? You know? 
No, because, and I think that's important because we, we, sometimes we get so into ourselves that we think, okay, I'm the only one going through this. I'm the only one, you know, and, and it's not just you. It's not just you. And, and you don't want to be deceived to think that it's just you because then it becomes all about you and what's happening to you. And then you get in your head, but think about somebody else. Pray for her, pray for yourself, but be gracious, be gracious to your children. Be considerate of your husband. Come on, somebody. Be gracious. Uh, be considerate of your children. Yeah, you're going through something. Yeah, you got irons in your fire. Yeah, you have a reason to hate the world, but you still can't do it because you're a woman of God. So don't do it. Love on the people around you. Love on them. Be considerate. Be gracious. When you go to the store, don't take out all of your you know, anger and frustration on the cashier. Be a blessing. Be a witness. You, you, we, we know how to multitask. If you can reach your hand behind and put the bottle in the baby's mouth, I'm borrowing from all of y'all. You can do all of this. If you can be on Instagram, watch Netflix and feed your children and cook dinner at the same time. If you can do all of that, then certainly you can compartmentalize enough to say, you know what? Yeah, I feel like crap and I'm not having a good day, but God bless you. Cause you don't deserve my wrath. I'm going to go to God and get what I need. All right. So be gracious. And consider it. Don't worry. Now, this is straight from the word. I like this New Living Translation because it says it so plainly. And we know it as be anxious for nothing, dot, dot, dot. But verse 6 in the New Living Translation says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. So what we do is we worry about everything and we pray about nothing. And then we wonder why we don't have we don't have a supply. I know what it's like. I know what it's like to not feel well and not feel like praying. I know what it's like. That doesn't mean that I don't love the Lord. That doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm not grateful. But sometimes it's just like, oh, God, like, oh, goodness. Even now, I don't feel like preaching. Okay, I feel like coming to church. All right. But (laughs) I'm here. And I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. I don't have any germs to spread. This is all allergy stuff, so y'all don't have to be afraid to come hug me. Okay. But I need, instead of being worried about that, I need to pray about that. I know I'm healed, so I don't need to say that anymore. I, well, well, let me, let me rephrase that. I don't need to ask for it anymore. I'm still confessing my healing. But, so I'm not going to worry about that. What I need to do is to keep thanking God for it. And to keep and to keep that off of my mind, because I've given that to the Lord so that I can pray about other things. Men ought to always pray. And that isn't limited to men. That means humankind. Humans ought to always pray. OK, the word is very clear. We ought to always pray. But we're always complaining and we're always worrying. Let's pray. Let's re- if we can replace those words, if we can resist the temptation to pick up the phone. Now, I'm not saying don't let your sisters or, or your mama or your friends or whoever that is. I'm not saying you have to hide and not let people know what you're going through. What I'm challenging you to do is to instead of complain about it, take it to the Lord first. Because, see, just getting it out, just venting, that's really not going to help you. You think it's going to help you? It's not going to help you. They've done scientific um, studies and said, okay, yeah, people, they, they did like the little wavelengths and they hook you up to all the little you know, stuff. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And they say, okay, yeah, when people vent, then they feel better. Then their stress levels go down. Then something is released in your brain. I don't care what they say. I'm not refuting science for the sake of just being, you know, that's not in the word. But what I am saying is that I've tested it. I've tried it. And it feels better when I pray. For me, it feels better when I pray. The word says 
to pray always. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. If I'm venting, it's because I already prayed about it. You can rest and be rest assured. I check myself I, because and I'm just going to be transparent again. As a first lady, I hear a lot of stuff. I know a lot of people's business. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people's business. I got to be a safe place for everybody. So I can't pick up the phone and say, girl, you know what she told me this time. I can't do that. So I got to pray. That's why I pray for y'all so much because I want to make sure my confidentiality is not breached. <laughs> but I'm telling you what. It's not just because I'm the wife of a pastor and a lot of people confide in me. I think every woman should be that way. You know what the greatest guard against gossip is? Praying for that person. You, oh, I'm just telling you so you can be praying. No, you're not. You just can't resist it because you want a juicy piece of gossip. It's on your, it's just, some people, they even did studies on this, y'all. I'm not lying. Look up in study journals. They said that gossip, it makes people feel better. Ain't the devil is a liar. Not me. Not me. Okay, it might. But I'm going to resist it. <laughs> I'm going to resist it. I'm going to resist it. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going to have God-given desires. Yes. So pray. Don't complain and don't gossip. That wasn't in my notes, but here we go. Okay. Okay. We, live in Christ Jesus is my fourth point. How do you live in Christ Jesus? So verse 7 says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That in Christ Jesus means to dwell in Christ Jesus, means to live in Christ Jesus. That, that, so that's where I get the live in Christ Jesus from. The peace of God. Once you pray about everything and worry about nothing, but pray about everything, the peace of God will guard your heart and mind so that you can live in Christ that you can find your life in Christ, that you can do all things through Christ. You know, Christ strength, who strengthens me or which strengthens me? Some, um, some, some of the um, translations say through the one who strengthens me, that we can do all things through him and in him. But that comes from living in Christ. It comes from a perpetual state of being connected to him. That can't happen if you are not spending time with him. That can't happen. It's just impossible. So you can quote the scripture all the time. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me or um, he'll guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You're not in Christ Jesus if you're not spending time with the Father. You're just not. You're just not. We got to be honest about it. Okay, think right. This is my final one. Okay, so these were five points. So, and I went straight through the scripture. So the first one was rejoice and resist the temptation to complain. The second point was be gracious and considerate. The third was don't worry, pray instead. And the, and the secondary to that and take refuge in the peace of God. The fourth one was live in Christ Jesus. The fifth one is think right. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there be any this, this translation says moral excellence. And if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Think about the right things. If you're thinking about the wrong things, you're rehearsing what somebody did to you. If you're rehearsing how hard things are, that, that it just consumes you. Think on the right things. The number one thing that can help all women, mothers or not, is to take authority over our thought life. Think the right things. Stop saying, oh, she don't like me. Oh, they, they looking at me. Oh, they don't, they talking about me. You ever, <laughs> I call them the paranoid sisters. You ever been around people like, oh, they looking at me. Oh, they, you know, always, I, and I'm guilty of this. Always pulling, you know, trying to get stuff straight. 
just think something ain't right. <laughs> Paranoid. Just all the time. The stuff ain't right. Oh, they talking about me. Oh, they looking at me. Oh, is there, a, is there a book in my nose? My breast stink? You know, and it's all right to ask those questions. You know what I'm saying? It's all right to do a self-check with someone you trust. But when you are so consumed with what other people are thinking about you, and not only that, it's one thing to think, to, to regard what people are thinking about you. It's another thing to start thinking what they're thinking about you and letting that run your day. Oh, they, th oh, yeah. uh, they, they gonna think, I, I suffer with this a lot. I can't help it, I'm a pretty girl. They gonna think I think I'm cute, or they think I talk too properly, or they think I think I'm smart. Uh-uh, shut down, no, no, God is good. God is good, I got two beautiful children at home who are healthy, you know what I'm saying? I've reached 41 years old, I still look good. Yeah, I got a few more pounds to love, but I still look good, I'm fine, my husband loves me, my husband ain't looking at nobody but me. Oh, I got a lot to be thankful for. I don't know why I went there right now, but that's just the good things I was thinking about, okay? But it can just, whatever, how, wherever it goes, let it be the good things. Let it be the excellent things. Oh, I thank God for this sister. Don't start thinking things about people. Oh, uh, she, oh she, does, she don't look good today. Or she, ooh, oh, she look rough. Oh, no, that's, that woman's a blessing. Guard your thought life. Because this thing will just go take captive every thought that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. I'm going to tell you, the, uh, uh, the, the things that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God is anything that is not of God. Sometimes we tend to think it's about being puffed up or, you know, thinking like we're more than God. And, and it can be that, too. But it's even just think, thinking the thoughts of the enemy about people. Thinking, you know, things that would crush them if they knew you were thinking them. Don't let your mind go there. And don't let don't start thinking that way about yourself. Think about yourself the right way. You got to think right. Think the right things. Think about the things that are worthy of praise, the things that are excellent. It's not excellent. It's low basic thinking to be thinking about what somebody else thinks about me and let that consume my thought life. Not to say that I shouldn't be concerned for my reputation, but I'm not going to get to the point where I'm putting thoughts on other people because really that's just pointing, about, pointing back at what I think about myself. Before I close, I want to address the fathers in the rest of these verses in Philippians. So we've just gone through with our points. and We're almost done. I know it's been a long morning. I, I thank you guys for hanging with us. Y'all seem like y'all still engaged, so I thank God for that too. But we're at the end, so rejoice. Yay! Okay. <clears throat> Before I close, I want to address the fathers in verses 10 through 14. And, and really, this is for everybody. It's, it's applicable to any member of a mother's respective support system. Verse 10. Have you ever considered this? This Verse 10, Paul says, I rejoiced. In the Lord greatly, because once again, you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I guess this could be for, for the mamas, the satisfied mamas, and the, the people who want the mamas to be satisfied. Mamas, let's be thankful that people are concerned about us. Even if they can't do anything about it, at least they're thinking about us. So yes, let it be enough that somebody picks up the phone and say, hey girl, I just want to see how you're doing. Don't be mad. Or if your husband says, hey, ask you how you're doing, don't be mad because he didn't actually go change the baby. Be glad he's concerned about you. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. Let me tell you, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but it's because I love you and I respect everything that you have gone through. This woman is doing it by herself. My mother-in-law just left. She did it by herself for a long time before you know, her Boaz came. And there might be other ones who have that testimony of being a single mom. I don't know. 
but it could be a whole lot worse. At least somebody is coming and opening your door and talking to you. Okay? At least you got somebody to be mad at because they didn't bend over and pick up a diaper. <laughs> you know, when you're doing it by yourself, it's you. Okay? So be glad that somebody's concerned. And on the other side of that, people be concerned. Be concerned about the mamas because what we're doing is not easy. Be concerned about us. Check on us. Pick up the diaper. <laughs> Don't just ask how we do it. Pick up the diaper too. Okay. Verse 11. Not that I was ever in need for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. So yes, a satisfied mama should be content, but you still should be trying to provide and see what her needs are and see how God can use you to help her out. Okay. Verse 12, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation. And oh, that, that same thing applies. So don't just let her suffer. If you know she needs something, help her out. Help her out. Yes, she should be able to do what she needs to do in spite of what she's going through. Yes, she should find her contentment. But don't you get all judgmental. You help her out. Okay. And then the last one I want to look at is verse 14. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. Share with her. If mothering is hard at this stage of motherhood, share with her in her difficulty. Moms who are married, let's take some time and help these single moms. I don't see Ashley in here. I think she's over there with the kids. We got in our congregation, namely right now, at this present time, we have Nakia and Ashley. You know, we can take a break, even though we're so consumed. Remember, it's two of us in the house where they got just one of them and their child. We can help them more. Okay. And their husbands help us more so that we can help them more and help and be and help and help you more because we called to help you, too. But at the end of the day, just Lord, help us all and everybody help each other. Okay. <laughs> Come on, let's do what's right. You know, if everybody pulls their weight, we can do this thing. We can do this thing. You know, I know the temptation sometimes. I, you know what? Sometimes, and I'm just being transparent because I love y'all dearly. But if I could just shut off one day being his wife, not, 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 be, not being married to you, but being the wife of a pastor, and eat popcorn with butter, which I can't right now because he can't have it, and look at Netflix all day and not worry about none of y'all, My two included that came from my womb, so it's not like I don't love y'all. It's not like anybody's bothering me. I'm just saying. Sometimes you just want to be alone. Okay, y'all know what I mean. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just had it and you're just like, I need, I need some peace. Okay. But we, <laughs> where was I going with that? <laughs> um, yeah. As tempting as that is, there's no need for that if we all are taking our place. And helping each other in our community, whatever that community is, it could be in this church community, it could be in the community of our families. But I, I, I spoke on this two years ago. Help a mother out. Help a mother out. Help a mother out. Mothers, help each other out. Mothers, don't forget your husbands. Mothers, don't forget your husbands. Don't forget your husbands. Oh, I ain't getting the amen. Don't forget your husbands. And all that we're going through. Single ones, don't forget you're still looking for a husband. Still keep training to be a wife. Hallelujah. You got to find the time while you still having to take care of that baby 
to make sure that you're doing everything you can to prepare for the one the Lord will send. So everybody got something to be doing. We can all help each other. We can draw strength from each other. But the main thing is that the satisfied mama draws her strength from the Lord. If we are all getting our devotion time in, if we're all praying and seeking the Lord, then we are getting refreshed and then we can help each other. Then we can help ourselves. You see what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's, it's like all of this is impacting. What you don't realize is that your lack of contentment is impacting the whole body of Christ. Courtney, that's reaching far. No, it isn't. You can't do the other things you need to do because you're not content, because you're not refreshed. Not to say that you need to take on any more than what the Lord has for you to do in any moment. Like Monica said this morning, your first priority is your household or your children. But guess what? Beyond that, you got to take care of yourself first so that you can take care of them. Self-care is so important. So, I mean, you know, I, I say that, but I got the same chipping manicure I had at the banquet. I'm just going to be transparent for a moment. So, I, you know, I fell on that. But it's not just about the nails and the hair and the makeup and the outward appearance, although we should take care of that, too. It's about the spiritual well-being. It's about checking in with your spirit daily to make sure that you are growing. You know, we will prosper and be in good health even as our souls prosper. And you can take that health, we will prosper and be in good mental health as our soul prospers. We'll prosper and be in good physical health as our soul prosper. We'll prosper and be in good financial health as our souls prosper. So the bottom line is to be satisfied in your soul. Soul prosperity, the base, the foundation of soul prosperity is satisfaction and contentment in the Lord Jesus. It's going to come from that devotion time. So I've said too much. I'm going to close now because it's getting late and I still got to get to my Mother's Day meal that I'm going to cook and I'm fine with that. Mama, your satisfaction is a choice. It's choosing to spend time with the Lord. Mamas, we have an expected end. Our children will rise up and call us blessed. Our husbands will praise us in the gates. So husbands, side note, start praising us in the gates. Okay. So whether you're the mama or anyone else who longs to be satisfied, remember your choices and remember to choose well. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, truly you satisfy. You satisfy our souls. You satisfy our mouths with good things. You satisfy us with good, period. You are just awesome and you're able to satisfy. So Lord, we repent where we have not looked to you for satisfaction. We repent where we've not looked to you for contentment. We repent from not going to you first as the source, as our all in all. And we say from this day, we choose you. We say from this day, we choose the good part. And we will take our place at your feet, worship you, and forget not your benefits. Forget not that you refresh and you provide everything we need and strength for the journey. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, 
You can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.